Well, good morning, everyone. Um, my name's Simon. As uh, Roger said, I'm one of the leaders here. And uh, aren't, aren't baptisms, I, I guess if you're visiting us, baptisms are a bit of a strange event, aren't they? It's, I mean, it is very odd, isn't it? Putting people in water and dunking them in and then well, all, all that. But actually, what we've seen and what we've heard from those stories is actually this is these, these guys recognizing, you know, this is what really matters. This is, what, this is the most massive life-changing decision I have ever made. And um, I'm declaring it this morning through baptism. And, you know, it's, it's mornings like this that kind of make me often think about what's important in life. What really matters, you know. I guess we think of that with things going on in the world, don't we, as well? Things like... Uh, what we're seeing in, in Ukraine, but also in other parts of the world, parts of East Africa, in Eritrea, Ethiopia, drought and conflict and tension and, and parts of the Middle East. And it makes us think, doesn't it, what's really important? And that's, that's one of our themes this morning in our talk. Um, we are working through the, the Gospel of Matthew, a book in the Bible which is based on the latter days of Jesus' life. Uh, really an account of all he said and did. And we're going to read um, a short um, passage from that uh, account. And I've asked Roxana to read it this morning for us. And it's in Matthew chapter 12. The words will be on the screen, so don't worry if you haven't got them. But it's from the start of Matthew chapter 12. And Roxana's going to read it for us. Um, okay, so Matthew 12, uh, so chapter 12, verse 1 to 14. Um, New International Version I'm reading. Um, Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. He answered, Haven't you heard what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you heard in the law that the priests on Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent." For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But then the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. Amen. Fantastic. Thanks, Roxana. Thank you. Um, There was a a YouGov poll a few years ago um, asking people of the UK what their favourite day was. Um, And... Well, well, what do you think? What, what do you think the favourite day was in, in the UK? 
Yeah, mainly I'm hearing Friday and Saturday. People are saying, you know, and, and you'd be right, actually, it was Saturday. People loved Saturday. Maybe that's because, you know, majority of us would, would have a day off on Saturday. There's more football on, isn't there? Uh, there's, uh, you know, we can meet up with our friends, perhaps, and see, see people and just rest a little bit. Um, so Saturday was top. Um, do you want to know the least favourite day? In, in, interestingly, it wasn't Monday, it was Tuesday. Because Monday is like where well, you, you get Monday over with, don't you? Tuesday is like, oh, it's a really long way until the next weekend, isn't it? But, you know, that was, that was what the YouGov poll said for our nation. And Jesus here, we see, Jesus is upsetting a group of religious leaders known as the Pharisees, really around what can and can't be done on a particular day, on the Sabbath. Uh, and there's some stuff that would be helpful for us to know as we just look into this passage this morning. Um, the Pharisees were these, these religious leaders, these guys, uh, they, were like a, they were like a particular group of the Jewish people that they really knew their Bibles. They really knew their scriptures. They, they knew uh, what the law was, what God had said, um, uh, the boundaries were that God had given, given the Jewish people. They knew it inside out. Uh, and these guys would often have conflict with Jesus. You will often find in the Bible there's tension between Jesus and the Pharisees. Uh, and then the, the Sabbath. The Sabbath is one day of the week that um, the people were meant to rest from work. Um, rest is good, isn't it? A rest day is, is a good thing. It's a good thing. God had given it to them as a boundary. And it's a good thing, isn't it? Rest is good. God's boundaries are good. God gives us good boundaries. You know, the, we see that in the Bible. God gives us good boundaries, things around work and worship and relationships and sex and all the activities that we do. They're good. Boundaries are good. They're there to benefit us. But these Pharisees, they had kind of added all sorts of laws just so they could make sure they could work out exactly what we could and couldn't do. And so they'd added 39 other laws around the Sabbath just to make sure you knew what you could and you couldn't do. And so one of them, one of these laws was reaping, going into your field and getting the food out of your field. That was not allowed on the Sabbath. Um, you couldn't harvest your field. So, so the Pharisees essentially in this passage are saying, look, Jesus, your disciples, they're breaking the Sabbath by going through the field and just picking off ears of corn to eat. <laughs> And then, and then we go to a place of worship, it says, we heard in the reading. And there's a man with a, a problem with his hand. We don't know if that's from birth or whether that's you know, happened to him since. Um, and the Pharisees, the Pharisees see it as an opportunity. They say, ah, we can catch Jesus out here. We can catch him out because the rules say that he can't heal on the Sabbath, that, that, that healing can't take place on the Sabbath, unless it's like an emergency, like a life-threatening emergency. So they're watching, what will Jesus do? What will he do? And he asks them a question. He says, he says, well, if you've got a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, on your holy day, on our holy day, what would you do? Because he knows, he knows that they've made up um, they have another rule that says, do you know what? Yeah, on the Sabbath, you can rescue your sheep if it falls in a pit 
that's okay, you can do that. So my first point this morning, and I've really only got two points this morning, is this. People are more important than sheep. People are more, very easy. I'm not saying animals are not important. I'm not saying sheep are not important. Don't let me hear. If you want to take it up with Jesus, you can take it up with Jesus. I'm not saying they're not important. You know, Jody had, Jody had a pet lamb. No, this, that sounds like a poem, doesn't it? It's not. <laughs> Jodie had a pet lamb as she was growing up. And, uh, and, and that pet lamb fell in the, the muck heap. They call it the muck midden in Yorkshire. It fell in the muck heap. The muck, the muck heap is where all the compost and rubbish and uh, dead animals and um, leftover food goes. Pig muck goes in the muck heap. heap. And Jodie's pet lamb climbed in the muck heap. And who had to climb in to get the pet lamb out? Jodie had to climb in and get it because, because the lamb was important to her. She had to climb in the muck heap and get the lamb out that was stuck because the lamb was important to her. Now, don't worry, all you Middle Eastern men and women, she ate it later. Didn't you? Did you eat that lamb? Yeah. She did. Yeah, there we go. So it's okay. She ate it, but it was important to her. And what, what, what had happened for the Pharisees is what had become important to them is keeping the rules. I mean, that essentially is what had happened to them. And they thought, you know, our way to please God is we keep all the rules to the nearest centimeter and God will be pleased. So much so that you could only res- rescue um, a sheep on the Sabbath if you really needed to, if the rules permitted. And, you know, you couldn't even... You definitely couldn't do good to this man who had a withered hand. No. And Jesus is saying to them, essentially, look, your priorities have caused you to love and care for people less around you. See, the irony is, actually, it's not just this guy with the withered hand that they're loving and caring less for. They go off and they are plotting about how they can kill Jesus. Their priorities are leading them to kill a man. It's a good question for us to ask, isn't it? What about the priorities we've chosen in life? Do they they make us and lead us to care and love those around us more? I'm not saying, you know, we have to accept and we have to agree and we have to just um, agree with the behavior and views of, of everyone. But does it make us, do our priorities make us love and care for those around us? Do we recognize that, as we heard last week, people are made in the image of God? And however much they've rebelled or abused that, they are made in the image of God. Well, let's get back to, um, to, to our story from Jesus' life. And let's look at these disciples who are eating these ears of corn. Which brings me really to my second point. So the first one, people are more important than sheep. Second one, Jesus is more important than the temple. See, the temple stood for the whole religious uh, life of the Jewish people. Everything centered on the temple. So when Jesus says, as we heard from our reading, something greater than the temple is here, he's talking about their whole religious system. He's talking about, you know, those things we know, the Ten Commandments, um, the prophets, um, uh, the sacrifices, the religious festivals, He's saying something is more important 
than all that. And they're thinking, what? No, no, what's more important than that? Only God is more important than all that. Nothing is more important than that. You see, every part of their life was influenced by the whole religious system, by the temple, by temple worship. And the sad fact was, all of that was meant to lead them to Jesus. But their attention to the Lord becomes so all-encompassing that they were missing Jesus. And he says, look, you're so obsessed with getting the Sabbath right that you miss that I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. He says, he says, look, Sabbath rest, Sabbath renewal is so important. And, and I've just said, Jesus said, we heard a few weeks ago, I've just said, if anyone's weary, come to me. In fact, what does he say? Come to me, all you are weary or burdened, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. But you've missed it. He says, you, you've, you've missed it. You can't see it. And see, that's the point. We... We take good things and we make them ultimate. We make them the most important. We take good things and we make them ultimate, the most important. You may be thinking, well, not me. I'm not, I'm not religious. I'm not a Pharisee. Uh, you, know, I, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a religious person. But the truth is, we all have things that we make ultimate, whether that's money, relationships, Power, success, education, acceptance. These are like modern day versions of temple worship that we make ultimate. We can make modern day versions of temple worship out of anything. You might say, well, that's the world we live in. You know, that's our world. It's, it's worship what you like. That's it. You choose, choose what you want to worship and that's it. But, but do you know what? When we make those when we make those things most important, most ultimate, do you know what? Our, our sense of identity, our sense of uh, fulfillment, our sense of, um, of, of who we are, our sense of rest, in fact, goes up and down depending on how those things are going. And I think we heard that in those stories this morning. So, you know, if, if relationships are going good uh, and we have money in the bank... Well, actually, my sense of rest, my sense of fulfillment is up. My sense of identity is good. When I don't have those things, my sense of identity, fulfillment, rest, I struggle with. We look in all the wrong places for those things. We're like, we're like that story of um, the guy late at night searching for his keys under the streetlights. And a policeman approaches him and says, what are you doing? And he says, I'm looking for my keys. And the policeman says, well, where did you lose them? And he says, well, over there. He says, well, why aren't you looking over there? He says, well, the streetlights shine here. There's no streetlights over there. I'll never find them. That's what we do. We look in all the wrong places for the answers. But the good news of Jesus is this. The good news of Jesus is that these things, rest, fulfillment, identity, they're not found in other things that we might make ultimate. They're found in him. They don't need to be based on performance. Or even on how life circumstances are going. They can be based on coming to him. 
to his invitation to us all. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Listen, what, are you, what is causing you to miss Jesus this morning and his invitation of rest in this life? You know, and even 2,000 years later, he's still holding out that invitation this morning to you and to I. Like those people who've been baptized this morning who've said, you know what, I'm going to decide to follow him. I'm going to decide to make him most important because I know in him I find rest and I find fulfillment. So even with these two images that we've had this morning of sheep and of temples, they point to Jesus and all that he came to do. And that's why he is good news. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one who lays down his life for the sheep. He says, I'll do more than just lift you out of a pit. Do you know what? I'll get in that pit that you deserve to be in. I will get in and take the punishment you deserved. I am the good shepherd. He said, he said later in the, in the Gospels, destroy this temple and I will raise it in three days. He wasn't talking about the real temple. He was talking about his body. Saying, do you know what? Yeah, I may be killed. I may be put to death on a cross, but I'll raise to life in three days and conquer sin and conquer death for you. This is wonderful good news. He offers us wonderful rest, wonderful fulfillment. That's why he's more important than anything else that we can center our lives on. That's why these people here this morning have chosen to center their lives and learn to and and decide to walk with Jesus in their lives. And it's only in making him ultimate in your life that you can find that. How do you do that? Well, it's very simple. Take up his offer of his invitation. Come to me. Come to me. We come to him. We come to this Jesus who is alive and risen today. And you and I can come to him. I wonder if the band could come up. Uh, and I wonder if we could just pray as we end. Um, we're going to just pray for a minute because there might be some of you here that are thinking... Do you know what? I've never, I've never done that. I've never taken up his invitation of rest. I've never taken up his invitation to me. Listen, if you want to receive Jesus this morning, perhaps for the first time, and his offer of rest and renewal, you can. You can. You can do that this morning. I'm going to pray a short prayer. If you are here this morning and you would, you would say, yeah, I... I I'm a follower of Jesus, but I just need to know afresh that rest. Perhaps I've taken my attention off him, but I need to know that he's for me. My, my identity doesn't go up and down with how life is going, with how well I'm doing, but it's because he loves me and he's for me. You can come to him this morning and receive fresh grace and fresh strength. So let's just pray for a moment. Now, if you know, I've never come to Jesus, I want to this morning. I'm going to lead you in a short prayer. Thank you, Jesus, that you... Thank you, Jesus, that you love me. And that your invitation of rest and renewal is for me. And I'm sorry for where I've looked in all sorts of different places for that. I'm sorry for where I've put things before you in life. 
and I ask that you would forgive me. And thank you that I can know your forgiveness because on the cross you paid for every sin, every failure, every time I put something in before you. You paid for it all so that I could know you. And so now I choose to receive new life in you. And I choose to walk in that new life. Holy Spirit, come into my life and to help me do that. And for all of us, help us to help us to walk with you in the rest that you give. Rest from striving. Rest from trying to find our identity in other things. And to know we have it in you because you love us and you are a sure and certain foundation. Thank you, God. Amen.